Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. Good day, good day, good afternoon. It is Fresh Thinking time. You're with Rabbi Shishla until 3 o'clock. And everybody's on a high this week, thanks to the World Cup Rugby and the Boca. So that's good. It's good to raise people's spirits. It's good to see some unity, some goodwill in the country. It's actually always there. It's just a matter of having the opportunity to bring it out into the front lines. So that's uh, an important challenge for us, I suppose, is to be able to know how to use and uh, exploit this opportunity, bring people together, send things headed in the right direction. It is fresh thinking time, so we're going to – actually, we're going to do something a little bit differently to what we – often do a lot of the time we take a contemporary issue and explore it through fresh eyes jewish eyes and today we're going to do something just a little different we're going to take a classic piece of our heritage and try and see it through fresh eyes so we've just come from the yom Tov period and shortly after Simchas Torah, we began the annual cycle of reading the Torah from the beginning again, which means that we're at that point now where we read those stories of the pioneers, the early members of the tribe, the people who set us out on this journey that we still continue until today. Most specifically this Shabbos, we're going to read about Abraham and Sarah. So I thought it would be an interesting conversation to have about those two personalities and what they Represent what they can teach us about life. As always, you are welcome to participate in this conversation. I'd like to invite you by SMS on 34519. You can share your thoughts on the Telegram app using the number 0618951019. You can tweet at Chai FM or at Rabbi Shish. So the question I suppose that we're going to talk about today is Abraham as a person or Sarah as a person, what do they teach you about life? You, and this is quite personal, right? What would you say are the lessons that you personally have learned from them? And I'll tell you why it's a relevant conversation because, and not only relevant, but an important conversation because a fundamental principle of Judaism is that we never read the Torah as a book of history. Oh, well, that was interesting. This is the kind of thing that happened a few thousand years ago. And those people must have been really dedicated and, and very switched on to spiritual things to be able to do what it is that they did. You know, that's kind of how we look at it. And we say, whew, fantastic, what amazing people. That's true, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. That does not tell us the story, and it certainly is not the perspective with which we are meant to read the Torah. It is not a history book. I, I often say this. If the Torah was intended to be a history book, it really does not do a great job. I mean, there are big chunks of the history that are completely overlooked and ignored. Some of the characters are totally overlooked. We don't know who certain people were. We don't know who their spouses were. So it's definitely not intended as a history book. The stories that are picked out to be shared with us, those are the stories that obviously carry the most important lessons for us. And that's how we're supposed to look at it. What are the lessons for us? So you see these personalities, Avraham and Sarah, or as they call them in English, Abraham and Sarah, the people who forged a path that we continue to follow until today. So what 
do they teach us? Think of yourself. If I had to say the name Abraham, if I say Abraham, what, is, what does it mean to you? What does it represent for you? What does his life teach you? And if we're not learning things from their lives, then we're really not learning uh, the Torah the way that we're supposed to be learning it. So that's why this is an important conversation to have. And we can have this conversation, I suppose, about anybody who is mentioned in the Torah. It just so happens that these are incredibly fundamental personalities in the Torah. And it's not just about them as people, it's also about their stories So you can give some thought To some of the stories that you may know About Abraham and Sarah, about Abraham and Sarah And the things that went on In their lives And what are those lessons Do they play out in our lives You know there's a saying from our sages That Which means that the stories Of our patriarchs and matriarchs Those original great personalities Are simon They're an indicator They're a sign of the things That would play out in our lives So just to use a little example In the Torah portion that we'll read this week We're going to read about how Abraham and Sarah Very shortly after arriving in the land of Canaan On God's instruction Land up having to go to Egypt Because there is a famine Now that's a story of what happened to our patriarchs And it's similar, it's an indication Of something that would happen later in history Where their descendants Would be forced to leave the land of Canaan And to go live in Egypt Because of a famine So there is a link It's a classic example You know people say history repeats itself Well here it's a little bit more than repeats itself It's that the stories of early Jewish history Are indicators of how the rest of Jewish history History will play out And of course there's a lot more detail to that particular story And various others And that's the kind of thing that we'd like to talk about today The first Chabad Rebbe Rabbi Shneir Zalman Who we call the Alter Rebbe He would say that we have to live with the times We have to live with the times I think many people will tell you that And some people may even argue that The religious Jewish world does not live with the times That people live in the dark ages And nothing could be further from the truth Yes, we do have principles and values That do not Age, but that doesn't mean that we're living in the dark ages. It just means that there is something more valuable than modernization, and that is eternal values. In any event, when he said that we have to live with the times, that in initially his followers were not quite sure exactly what it was that he meant, and subsequently it emerged thanks to an insight from his own son, that his intention was that you have to live with the Torah portion of the week. So you're not supposed to just study the Torah portion and say, oh, it's that story again. Yes, I remember that story. And kind of just bandy it about at your Friday night table and see who's got the most interesting insight. That's great and wonderful, but it's actually not Good enough because what we're supposed to do is live with the story. So if Hashem has defined the world in such a way that this is the week or one of the weeks where we read stories about Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, well then that's an indication that that's, these are the characters that we're supposed to be living with this week. They're supposed to be informing our decision making or they're supposed to be the ones who inspire us. This week. So that's why this is a relevant conversation to have. If you want to live with a time, if you want to live with a dynamic, eternal Torah, which has messages that are relevant at all times for all people, well, then, well, I don't know if it's necessarily for all people. Not every message is necessarily for everyone, right? There's certain messages that are more applicable to certain people, but in any event, so when a story is in the front lines of Torah study at a particular time of the year. That's the story we need to be talking about. That's where we need to be exploring. And so that's my question to you. What could Abraham teach us about life? Or for that matter, what could Sarah 
teach us about life. That's the kind of thing that we're supposed to be thinking about at this time of the year when we read these stories. So I'd love to hear your input on this one. I'm sure everybody has a perspective. You say the name Abraham and something crosses your mind. It represents something to you. You say the name Sarah, a similar process will spark in your brain so share it with us on sms 34519 through telegram on 0618951019 or at chai fm or at Rabashish on twitter this is fresh thinking with rabbi ari shishla so we're talking about abraham and we're talking about sarah abraham and sarah our original patriarch and matriarch who we read about in the Torah portion this week. And, of course, the purpose of Torah is not to tell us stories. The purpose of Torah is to teach us how we should live our lives. So, therefore, my question is, what can these two individuals teach us about life and about spirituality and about connection to God? So, the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe who I mentioned a moment ago, who said that you should live with the times, which means that you should live with the Torah portion of the week, not to study it. You should live with it. It should... Inform your decision making, your thinking, your inspiration at this time of the year. So he said, very nice insight. He said, if you have a look, the first Torah portion of the entire year is a very optimistic start. Creation of the world. Everything's wonderful. Hashem is making things and it's beautiful. There's Eden. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful story right at the beginning. However, the end of the Torah portion ends on a downer because that's when, when civilization begins to, uh, undo itself and begins to de- descend and decline into all kinds of horrific behavior. And of course, that's the, f- the, the, the prelude to the story of the flood. So it's a story that begins on a positive note, but then Devolves into something negative The following week Which is last Shabbos We read the parasha of the flood The Torah portion telling the story of Noah and the ark And it starts off on a very negative note The destruction of all living things Except for the few specimens That were on the ark But it ends on a positive note Because it ends with the births of Abraham and Sarah who are wonderful personalities and they're the ones who are going to bring direction to the world and introduce the concept of monotheism and effectively teach morality to the whole of society. So the first Torah portion of the, of the year starts off on a high note and ends with a, with a crash. The second Torah portion of the year starts off in the dumps but is able to elevate itself to a happy and healthy and optimistic space. And then you get to this week, which is the third Torah portion of the year, and it's it's all good from start to finish. All good means that it's all about this personality. It's all about the great Abraham who did amazing things. And from start to finish, that's who we read about. We read his dedication to God, he and, and Sarah, their dedication to God, leaving everything that they knew to embark on a journey without knowing the destination. And then we see their faith in uh, having to run away to Egypt shortly after arriving in Canaan because of the famine they had to run away. And we see their dedication on a whole string of levels. So this is, this is an up, upbeat positive, optimistic week from start to finish because we spend the entire week living, because remember you're supposed to live with the times, so we spend the entire week living with such amazing personalities who are just so uplifting and so inspiring and it's it's really, it's special something very, very beautiful, so that's why it's important this week that we ask ourselves what does Abraham teach us about life, what does Sarah teach us about life right at the beginning of the show I said what does Abraham represent for you, and here's at Shmuel P on 
on Twitter who says, Abraham represents where our journey began. And that's quite apt because if you have a look at the Torah portion that we're going to read this week, it starts off with a story of journey. Lech Lecha. God appears to Abraham and he says, I want you to go, get moving. Where you are is not sufficient. It's not healthy. He was surrounded by pagans. It was a toxic environment. Time to move on. It's very interesting because there's a lot of conversation in our community at the moment about whether or not it's time to move on. You know, people are quite convinced that maybe they should be living somewhere else. So it's interesting over here that God's instruction to Abraham that it was time to move on was in no way related to his materialistic comforts. It was in no way related to his personal safety. It was purely a matter of the fact that it was a spiritually toxic environment. And that was the reason that he had to move. And I suppose that would be subject for another conversation. So, um, so here we've got Shaul on Twitter who says, uh, sorry, Shmuel on Twitter who says that this is the beginning of our journey. And it's true. It is the beginning of the journey. In fact, the mystics tell us that from the time that Abraham was told by God that he should leave everything that he knows and he should begin to travel, ever since then his descendants have been the wandering Jews. Ever since then we've been all over the place. In fact, it's quite fascinating just how extensive Jewish migration is. And it comes back, I suppose, to to the story of uh, of emigration, because for Jews, it's not emigration, it's migration, where we're constantly moving from one place to another. I don't believe that we've uh, been here enough generations to even consider it emigration, as if leaving your home to go somewhere else. We, we're migrating all the time, all over the place, and it's not unique to South Africa. You'll see it all over the place. Uh, in fact... We were talking about it the other day when you consider how many Chabads have opened in the last two, three years around the African continent. That tells you that people are constantly moving and there's these Jewish communities that are springing up in places like Ghana and Angola and Uganda and Kenya, although that's had a community for quite some time. Um, <clears throat> so that indicates uh, Ethiopia. So that indicates that there's this movement, there's this constant movement. And to say that Abraham represents the beginning of our journey is quite insightful because it's not just the journey that we took from a world that did not have any concept of monotheism to a world that is guided by very clear principles of morality and ethics and and the things that we believe in. It's not only that kind of a journey. The mystics tell us that from the time that Abraham set off on his path, ever since then, we, his descendants, have traveled around the world. And in every case, it's been with the objective, either consciously or subconsciously, to bring a higher sense of morality and a greater sense of holiness to that particular environment. That's actually the nature of our journey. It's a journey of bringing the world to a state of holiness. That's what Abraham did, right? He left an environment that was completely toxic. He went to an environment that, quite frankly, was equally toxic. I mean, Canaan was a place full of pagans, but he succeeded in that environment to introduce principles, how you behave and that you are responsible to a higher authority and that that higher authority is singular, the monotheistic principle. So he succeeded, he and Sarah together, because the commentaries tell us that he engaged the men and she engaged the women, and between the two of them together, and they made the expression that the Torah will use down the line, not in this week's Torah portion, it uses the expression, the souls that they made, the souls that they made, uh, that means to say that there were people, but those people didn't necessarily have their souls activated, and then Abraham and Sarah come along, Abraham and Sarah, and they activate their souls. So that is our journey. That's where our journey began, and that is the journey that we still continue till today. That's the journey of turning the world into a holier 
and uh, more uplifted and more moral place. So that's that's a great insight. Another one over here from I hate at I hate dead ends. How's that for a Twitter handle? At I hate dead ends says that for him or her, Abraham represents the first true Zayda. Zayda, of course, being. A grandfather, a Jewish grandfather is called a Zayda. So Abraham being the Zayda, and I suppose that is true, the, the first true Zayda in the ultimate sense, because we are all descendants from Abraham, so we're all his grandchildren, both in a lineage sense and in a heritage sense. So yes, the first true Zayda, that's, that's nice, that is definitely insightful. Here's a, a tweet from Just Tash, who says, the lesson that we could take, the first lesson that we could take from Abraham is decency. I'm not sure if it's the right word in this context. However, after he left Egypt, he was a very wealthy man, and yet he took the time to retrace his steps. He stayed at the same inns that he had lodged on his way to Egypt, and he paid back debts. It's very insightful. That is very insightful. You know, Rashi, the foremost commentator on the Torah, actually makes exactly that point. But to be honest, until until this particular message, I actually hadn't seen it through these particular lenses. So just think about this for a second. You've got Abraham and Sarah, and they are essentially migrants. They've come to a new place. They're new immigrants, actually. They've just shortly arrived in the land of Canaan. And no sooner do they get there, there is this devastating famine, and they've got to pack their bags and head off again to Egypt, and it's not easy. And along the way, they stop <clears throat> and different people host them <clears throat> in these inns. After they leave Egypt, there's this interesting interaction that happens between Abraham and Pharaoh, where Pharaoh gets the sense from the way that Abraham and Sarah tell their story that Sarah is available and he, he takes Sarah to the palace. Turns out, of course, that he's unable to get anywhere near her because there's this angelic intervention and he, he he simply can't touch her, and he realizes, okay, something else is happening over here, and she's a married woman. And then he goes, and he apologizes to Abraham, but he also is quite miffed, and he says, why didn't you just tell me that this was your wife, and maybe I would have treated her differently? And then when he sends them back home, he sends them with tremendous wealth. So just Tash points out that when he goes home, he could have easily said, okay, I'm a self-made man. This is fantastic. I've got a lot of wealth, and you know how it is often when people very quickly – uh, escalate into a position of wealth They forget about the people who helped them Before things went well And Abraham doesn't And that's maybe why the message over here Is decency The idea of having the decency to go back To those people who helped him when he was down and out And recognize them And visit their inns and pay them back So that's nice, that's actually a very very nice insight What's yours? If, if somebody had to ask you What do you learn about life from Abraham and Sarah What would you Tell them because these are incredibly pivotal people, very central to the whole of our faith, to the whole of our heritage, to the whole of our history. So surely they've got to teach us mega things about life. So what do they teach you? It's quite personal. It doesn't have to necessarily be something from a book. It doesn't have to be right uh, in the objective sense. Just your feeling. What do they teach you? I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. You can SMS 34519. Send a message on Telegram on 0618951019. And the tweets are coming in, so you can join the Twitter posts 
and you address them at Chai FM or directly to me at Rabbi Shish or both as some people like to do. It is fresh thinking. You are with Rabbi Shishla. We're together until three o'clock this afternoon and talking today about Abraham. What can Abraham teach us about life? Well, for the same money, what can Sarah teach us about life? Here's Martin. Martin says Abraham teaches us to let go of fear and a reality that keeps us stuck towards a vision that pulls and uplifts the soul from darkness to light. Okay, I think I read that wrong. So let's read it again. To let go of fear and a reality that keeps us stuck towards a vision that pulls and uplifts the soul from darkness to light. Martin could have put a comma in there. It would have made life a little bit easier, but you get the point. So Martin says what Abraham teaches us is that we need not live with fear and we need not feel that we're stuck and we have the ability to move in a direction that uplifts us and that releases our soul. And that fits very much with the first story that the Torah tells us, the first detailed story that the Torah tells us about Abraham is exactly that. Lech lecha, leave your home and go in a direction and the nature of that direction was to get to a place that would uplift him and incidentally uplift the rest of the world and we could break this down by the way because that first story which is obviously a very critical story tells us that God told Abraham he had to leave firstly his land then also not only did he have to leave his land but he had to leave his birthplace and his father's house. Now, we know that the Torah is not a, a poetic book, and it's not just going to use terminology to help us get a picture of what happened. Each of those phrases must be very significant, and there must be something to learn. So Martin's onto something over here by saying that it's a matter of letting go of that which keeps you stuck. Well, those are the things that keep you stuck. People are stuck often based on where they live or the family that they come from. So your land, he's told, you've got to leave your land. You cannot define yourself based on the place where you live because the place where he lived was not a very healthy place. I suppose it's like people who say, well, everybody over here breaks the rules. So what's the big deal if I break the rules as well? That's a stuck mentality. And Lech Lecha would imply that you've got to get beyond that and you've got to say, listen, I don't have to be stuck in the same mire that everybody else is stuck in. I have the opportunity to move and to be different. Likewise, when it says that you've got to leave your your family, essentially, your father's house, that could be that there's certain, uh, whether it's biases or certain perspectives that we were brought up with, sometimes they're really healthy, sometimes they're not so healthy. So if they're not so healthy, it's useful to be able to know how do I move beyond that? There's no question about it, and that's why I like the very first tweet from Shmuel that it's uh, the beginning of our journey. There's no question about it that if there's one thing that Abraham teaches us, it is to journey, not to stay where you are. Similar message to what Martin is saying. Don't stay where you are. Keep moving. Keep growing. Keep developing. Keep challenging yourself. Keep trying to transcend. Here's another tweet from Just Tash. says, number two, Abraham was cognizant of the fact that his actions or lack thereof, would have a direct or indirect effect on the owners of those inns. People might assume that something was wrong with the place. Perhaps some might think he was embarrassed to stay at the same inn given his wealth. So there are many layers to this, obviously, but the fact, the concept of acknowledging that the way that you behave is going to impact other people, whether directly or indirectly, that's actually also a really nice lesson. Probably not something we can learn from Abraham alone. It's probably something we can learn from Various personalities. Either way, it is a good 
message. Here's a good message. The idea of being cognizant, being aware of the fact that your choices may have impact on other people. There's no question, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me that nobody's really mentioned this, maybe because it's so obvious that one of the lessons Abraham and Sarah teach us is absolute faith, because they really had to go on faith. They had no indication that following this instruction, leave everything that you have, is necessarily going to lead them to the best situation that they could uh, that they could possibly um, arrive at. You know, Hashem promised. He said, "Listen, if, if you do what I say, I will bless you with a family, and I will bless you with wealth, and I will bless you with fame." And Rashi, again, the foremost commentator on the Torah, immediately says, "You know what's intriguing about that? That's absolutely illogical. You never tell somebody get hit the road and go to an undisclosed location because it will bring you wealth. No, when you're when you're on the road, it's quite difficult to earn. And in fact, all you're doing is you're spending, probably at a premium. You know what it's like. You cross over through security at an airport, and suddenly, suddenly, the price of everything doubles." So travel is not good for wealth building. And likewise, travel is not good for family building. And it's not good for building a reputation because at the end of the day, each place that you arrive at that's new, they don't know you. You start again right from the bottom. So it was fairly illogical for God to say to him, listen, if you move, if you go, what's going to happen to you is you're going to have all these magnificent blessings. You're going to become wealthy. You're going to become, you're going to have a family. He had to go on faith. There was absolutely no precedent. That's the thing, you see. That's one of the big deals that makes Abraham and Sarah so special. There was no precedent. We have many stories that we can look at. We say, well, look at that. You see, there's somebody who did what God said, and maybe it was challenging for them, but we know that it all worked out well in the end, so I can inspire myself to do what God wants because I figure it will all work out well in the end because I've seen it happen before. There is precedent. Abraham and Sarah didn't have that. There was no precedent of somebody going ahead and doing these blind things and expecting that life would turn out well because of it. That's why they are such unique individuals, because they forged the path. They always say that to be the pioneer in something is exponentially more difficult than to be the next person to do it. It's like once there's that breakthrough, you actually see this in in, in the sporting world. That until somebody breaks a record, it seems completely out of the, 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 the realms of possibility, you know, like the, the minute, the, the, the one minute mile. It's out of the realm of possibility until somebody does it. And then when they do it, suddenly you find shortly after that, that a number of people break the record because once there's a pioneer, once somebody has blazed that trail, it becomes just that much easier for the next person to do it. And that was the greatness of Abraham and Sarah. Maybe that's one of their big lessons is that you should be willing and excited and motivated and, and look for the opportunity. Where can I be a trailblazer? Where can I have the opportunity? To do something that is meaningful, that brings holiness to the world, that brings connection to God, something that people have never done before. Okay, I'm not suggesting over here that you go off on some wild goose chase coming up with something that is antithetical to Judaism, obviously not, but to do something that takes guts. Take guts for your belief. Yeah, that's a big deal. What would you say Abraham could teach us about life? SMS 34519. Send a message on Telegram 0618951019. Otherwise, tweet at Chai FM, tweet at Rabashish. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So we're talking today about Abraham. What could, what does Abraham teach you about life? Remembering, of course, that the Torah is not a book of stories. It's not a book of history. It is a book of lessons. And so whoever it is who appears in the story must be there to teach us a lesson. So my question for today is, what are the spiritual or personal lessons that we should learn from 
Avraham and by extension from Sarah. He has a message on Telegram from Rene who says the lesson or that he taught us is that the Jews will be a great people to be kind, to be humble, to be hospitable and listen to Hashem. And don't scoff when Hashem tells you something even if you can't see him. That's from Rene. Yes, uh, nice messages. The lesson of being kind is very much Abraham's lesson, kind and hospitable. In fact, that's a lot of what we're going to read about, not only in this week's Torah portion, where he goes scooting off to rescue his wayward nephew Lot, who literally got himself into the pickle of living in a toxic environment and landing up being vulnerable to war and eventually being taken captive. And although Abraham could very well have turned around and said, well, serves you right, he didn't. He was a kind and forgiving personality who went and said, let me help him out anyway. Lots to talk about over there, incidentally, people who self-harm, because that's kind of what Lot did. How do you deal with them? How do you treat them? And of course, to listen to God. Yes, that's a big lesson from Abraham. I don't know if it's unique to Abraham because there are various people in the course of the Torah who teach us how important it is to listen to God. Yes, Richard. Richard says we can learn conviction. Historically, this was a man who demonstrated how to act on the word of the Almighty. He showed us this regarding his son's sacrifice. If he was here, he would say, when Hashem says jump, you say, how high? And then he says, how many people are able to act without questioning his or her maker? Well, that's a good question. How many people are able to do that? I suppose the flip side of that question is how many people get a message directly from their maker? That is the one advantage that Abraham had over us is he received messages directly from God. And perhaps that makes it just a little bit easier to do what Hashem says. Then again, some people will tell you that the lesson you could learn from Abraham is to be able to hear those messages when they come your way. You know, very often things happen to us. And we don't necessarily read what the message is. So clearly, um, a lot of you have very meaningful insights into what it is that we should be learning from Abraham. What's the, what's the lesson? There's got to be a lesson. Such an important personality in our lives. And his story is recorded in the Torah, which means that his story is a lesson for us. So what are the lessons? I'm sure there are many others that you could share by SMS on 34519 or by Telegram on 0618951019 or on Twitter at ChaiFM and at Rabbi Shish. So here's something to think about. I touched on it before, but let's unpack it a little bit better. In fact, uh, just before coming to the radio today, somebody suggested that I should share this because I had shared it with them earlier today. And they said, yes, this is something that people would appreciate. So I do hope that you will appreciate it. It's one of the fundamental Hasidic teachings on this particular Torah portion. So it says that in order for Abraham to have done what God wanted, he needed to leave his country. He needed to leave his birthplace, and he needed to leave his father's house. Now, surely, if we're talking geographically over here, we're talking about a person who had to leave a place called Haran, and he had to go to a place called Canaan. Probably all three of those descriptions really mean the same thing. It's basically just leave where you are and go where you need to be. So why does the Torah insist on giving three different metaphoric descriptions of what it is that he had to leave behind? So here it goes. You see, the word Eretz, which is the Hebrew word for land, is very strongly linked etymologically to the word Ratzon, which means will. It's it's quite something, but we are very invested in the things that we want. Sometimes we even believe that God should adjust his will to suit our will. In simple language, we want him to do what we want much more than we want to do what he wants. So 
to leave your Eretz, to leave your land, actually implies to be able to let go of the things that you want. You see, Abraham is this paragon of a spiritual journey, as Shmuel said right at the beginning of the show on Twitter, that Abraham represents the beginning of our journey, each one of us. And it's exactly that, the beginning of a journey, the beginning of a meaningful, spiritual, transcendental journey is the ability to let go of the things that we Want in favor of the things that are valuable. Unfortunately, and uh, you know, like some people often tell you, everybody wants to be able to sit back and just relax. Nobody wants to have to go to gym. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. Some people love it. No, not everybody wants to have to go to work. Not everybody wants to have to obey the law. There are many things that we want, and there are many things that conflict with what we want. And all of us can acknowledge that in order to be a person who grows personally, spiritually, the, one of the key elements is that we need to be able to let go of the things that we want in favor of the things that are valuable, in favor of the things that are correct. And that's the first lesson that Hashem tells Abraham. He says, Lech you need to go away from what you want in life. What you want will only take you so far. What you want has its limitations because you're a person and people have their limitations. Whereas if you can key in with what I want, I meaning God, well, that's infinite, infinite opportunity. And much more importantly than the opportunity that it offers, much more importantly than that, the aspect of connection to God means you are connected to what really counts. So everything else in life, maybe it's what you want and maybe you believe that it's really nice, nice to have, but it doesn't take you to what really counts counts. So that's the first step. The second step is you've got to leave the place from where you were born. And the Hasidic commentary goes that when you leave the place, the place that you were born really means the things that have become part of your nature, just like your nature is what's born into you, the things that become, you know, you become habituated. You've gotten used to certain things just because that's the way it is. It's funny. Often you'll ask people, why do you do this particular thing? It doesn't necessarily have any rational basis or any meaningful content. Why do I do it? Because that's what I do. This is what I've become used to. This is how we do things around here. You know, sometimes people will say that. Now, one of the great obstacles to real spiritual growth is repeating habituated behavior. It's like Einstein is, uh, well, they say, he's alleged to have said that if you repeat the same behavior and expect different results, that's a sign of insanity. Now, whether he said it or not, it's, a, it's, a, it's on the money because if you just repeat the behavior that you're so used to doing and think, oh, well, now this time around it's going to turn me into a better person or somebody who's going to become more spiritually aware or connected or deeper, it, it doesn't work that way. So one of the key elements of a person being able to move and being able to grow as illustrated to us by Abraham is the ability to say, I'm going to work to break habits. And by the way, to break habits is not easy at all. Think about this for a second, how easy it is for gossip to roll off our tongue because we're so habituated to share the koch. So now try and change that. That's not easy to change. Not at all. It's not easy at all to change. So yes, it's a big challenge to shed habits. It's one of the ways that we get to have a real spiritual journey. And there's one more, your father's house. And I suppose we have to work out what that is. If you've got a thought, 34519 is the SMS line. Telegram is 0618951019. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. 
So there you are. You can learn all kinds of things, valuable personal lessons from Abraham and Sarah so far. What we've seen, a lot, a lot of interesting insights that people have said. You can learn conviction. You can learn decency. You can learn about uh, being committed to God. You can learn kindness and hospitality. You can learn about journey. And uh, specifically, that's actually where the Torah portion begins this week is on the story of journey and Abraham and Sarah having to journey away from everything that was familiar to them, from their country, from their birthplace, from their father's house. And the Hasidic insight says that there's a lesson in that for us. To leave your country, to leave your land means to leave behind the things that you really, really want. Don't make life just about what you want. There's more. There are other things, greater things, than just simply what you want. And then there is your birthplace, which represents the habits that have formed over time. And sometimes it's important to break those habits in order to be able to move forward. And lastly, your father's house. So the mystics tell us that any time in Torah literature when we speak about the father's house, it alludes to the intellectual structure. In other words, how you view the world, how you understand the world. And that might even be the most difficult one, in a sense, to break. Because we are so convinced that the way that we understand things is correct. We are so convinced that our perception is correct. And when somebody else enters our space and they try and say things in a different way or they, they try and propose that perhaps there's another view, we find it really, really difficult to accept and we either reject it out of hand or we simply don't hear it or we become defensive as the case may be. And we find this a lot with Torah. You know, often you speak to people and they say, I don't believe that the Torah would really say that. Okay, listen, I get it. I understand. You don't believe it. That's a particular perception that you have. It does not necessarily mean that it's accurate just because that's your perception. And real growth happens when a person is willing to accept that there might be a different perspective to what they believe is absolutely true. There might be a different way to understand the world to the way that they've convinced themselves they should understand the world. And that's that's the lesson. This is the lesson of Abraham. You want a journey? That's what it's about. It is about a journey. It's about movement. It's about not being static. It's about the ability to get past where you are now, the ability to go places that you never imagined possible. How do you get there? Let go of everything that you feel has to be and be open to the possibility that there are other things different to what you thought had to be. So there's some thought, and I would recommend that you read more about the story of Abraham and Sarah because there's so much that we can learn from them. Have a wonderful Shabbos, a good week, feel inspired by Abraham and Sarah and by their stories. And please, God, we can pick up with some more insight next week.